Um, he is six foot four, two hundred forty-four pounds. Sorry, six foot four and a quarter. I mean, it's short. Sure. Don't forget that. Yep, two hundred forty-four <laughs> pounds, and he had the vertical of forty and a half, a broad jump of ten. Nine and here he is running a forty-yard dash and oh my goodness! Wow. It Rolling. is full Moses Malone. Uh, four, four, four. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Forty Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, extra smart today, Mister Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code forty, get four days of free advanced stats over there. So. The NFL Combine is in the books. Today we're just doing a little short kind of Combine reaction uh, show. Next week we're going to come back and talk about our rankings, what it, what we adjusted, where people moved after the Combine. But uh, without further ado, Walk, how are you and where do you want to get started? Um, I'm s- smarter than ever, as already <laughs> indicated. I'm ready to talk rookies and a few you know, other topics of interest that you know kind of percolating right now so i'm doing good you know I, I, the combine is kind of like the real kickoff to like dynasty season for me um because as much as you want to talk trade and be involved like i don't know about you but my leagues are like dead until after the combine like you can send trades out and like they just literally sit there forever you can post messages and you don't get a fucking response like i feel like everyone post super bowl just you know, the, anyone that's not a psychopath like me just shuts it down until after the combine. And then most novices, this is when they're like actually learning about a lot of these rookies that are going to be coming up in the, in the their rookie drafts in the subsequent months. So now everyone's kind of starting to dive back in because, you know, not everyone lives it and breathes it like we do. So excited about getting some dynasty league talk going again. Um on my end, but before we get into these rookies, there's a few topics of interest, you know, from a fantasy football perspective that I think we need to talk about. And the first was that uh, Derek Carr is signing with the Saints. I haven't seen the terms yet, which I saw four I'm years. Sure, I'm sure I'm going to be shocked by the fact that the Saints are able to give him what, what I have to believe is going to be in the neighborhood of $40 million a year um, when they're like negative on the cap at present. But they did restructure uh, Taysom Hill and Cameron Jordan, I think, recently. Like, they'll just keep restructuring and restructuring until they can figure out a way under the cap. But their car will officially be a Saint, which I love because he visited with the Saints and they told the Raiders to go fook themselves that he wasn't going to accept a trade to them. When it's pretty clear that there was some conversation that, you know, just get released. We don't have to give up any assets. This is the type of contract that we're willing to offer you. You know, this is these are these are the you know the the weapons around you and yada yada this and that. So I think he was always going to the Saints, and he just didn't want to do anything for the Ravens, which good for him. Um, it helps some of these Saints assets, so we can talk about that as well. But what are your thoughts about Derek Carr on the Saints? I, I like you said. I mean, there's a salary cap component to this that makes no sense, but uh, he, obviously he's probably went to whoever offered him the most money because that's kind of what you do. But I don't know if that's the best team. Like, do you think they have the best receivers? They like, don't. We, but my part of him was always he needs to end up in the south. Correct. Preferably in a dome. 
for his long-term outlook because as much as people don't want to admit it, he's not a good cold weather quarterback. So he's, I, I think he was limited. He, he landed in Las Vegas at first and that was good for him. And I thought he was going to end up in the NFC South um, when all was said and done and the saints make the most sense to me. I, I didn't think but about I mean, the, the weapons. Be the dome, I mean, yeah. The, the dome part. I, I, you can sell me on that, but yeah, like, you know, that offense and I know, uh, can't think of the offensive coordinator's name right now, but it was the same guy that Breeze had. He's been there forever, even though, you know, Allen's the, the head coach that the offense goes through. It's a fucking Carmichael, maybe? No, he's um, gone. That's what I was thinking. You were thinking him. He's gone. Carmichael's back with Peyton, I think, in Denver. Ooh. Well, now I you know. like it even less. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe I'm wrong. What was I thinking? No, they're saying that Carmichael is the offensive coordinator for the Saints. Oh, yeah. Then <clears> – <throat> Yeah, I, I mean, who's the guy? Oh, I'm thinking Lombardi. He went to the Chargers, and now he's with the Broncos. So, yeah, Pete Carmichael Jr. is still the OC. Yeah, he's been there for And I think he was even – I think Carmichael was with Breeze in San Diego. I think he's just been, you know, wherever Breeze went, he went guy, and he's been locked in in New Orleans, who I think is good because Dennis Allen's a defensive guy. And, uh, Pete Carmichael I, enters his – Pete Carmichael enters his 15th season as the Saints offensive coordinator. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't hate it. I, I'm in the same boat with you where, you know, any any quarterback on the market wants to sign in that NFC South because now, as of this moment, they have by far and away the best quarterback in the division. So I, I don't hate it. We'll see what the other three teams do at quarterback. Uh, it looks like Atlanta's going to stick with Ritter, but – I can't see Tampa going with Trask and Carolina literally has nobody. So it'll be interesting to see what the, the other teams there do um, with Reich and Carolina. I know I've heard some rumblings and maybe a, another Carson Wentz <laughs> appearance, but I, you know, if, if, if Wentz is back to old Philadelphia, Wentz Carolina, I think is probably a better team than, the Saints, I mean, barring any other moves in free agency and in the draft. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, the, the Bucks are in cap hell. If the Saints are in a bad spot, the, you know, there's there's seven layers uh, above where the Bucks are. And I think the Bucks realize that they pushed all their chips in for Brady, and now it's time to hit reset. So bringing in a Derek Carr is not going to win you a Super Bowl doesn't make business sense for them. So I don't even think they were I don't think they're thinking <laughs> about any veteran quarterback of, of significance. Um, now the, the Panthers would be a nice team, but again, I don't think that really plays into the car narrative. Not that Carolina's a cold place, but it's outdoors. It's not South. I mean, it's a little yeah. sketchy and they're a young team too. I don't know that that's they're They're a dark car away from winning a Super Bowl either. And if these owners aren't thinking like that, then I don't know what they're doing because playoff appearances are decent and all, but like that's that's not the goal, right? And if you're just saying that the NFC South is right for the plucking, then you're also being very short sighted. Now Atlanta would have probably been a decent spot for him as well with some young receivers, run based offense. They they still need to build on the defensive side, but Atlanta wouldn't have been a shocker for me. But I didn't even hear that they were talking to him. It was pretty no. much the same in the Jets of where he took interviews. So <clears throat> to your point, maybe they're. They're set on Ritter or they just don't want to go with a veteran quarterback, you know, to eat up all that cap right now. So it's going to be interesting or they're saving their cap to for Lamar Jackson. So 
There's always that. Let's talk about conspiracy. Did you see, the, did you see their, their website? They had a Lamar Jackson jersey for sale? I did not. I oh, did not. That, that it, makes, it, that, that's awesome. I'm, I'm was a couple, better, there was a, a Calvin a Ridley jail. Was, uh, I said Calvin Ridley jail. How you definitely <laughs> did. And my mind went right there. There was a Calvin Ridley jersey that was on like super duper clearance, and then underneath it was a Lamar Jackson number one Falcons jersey, which was kind of weird. And they deleted it right away. But it's the internet lives forever. There are screenshots. Yeah, I know. Totally unaware. I just think it makes a ton of sense. Honestly, I mean, if if Baltimore can't figure out what they want to do with them, then franchise them and trade them down to Atlanta, pick up a ton of assets and. I don't know. Do whatever you're going to do in Baltimore if you don't want to pay him because he's already made it clear. He's not going to play if you don't pay him. So move on, get him down in the the turf in Atlanta so he can run wild with Pitts and Drake London in that run-based offense. I think that would be pretty fun uh, as a Lamar Jackson owner in a number of places. But we're getting off track. Derek Carr, not a needle mover. It was Saints or Jets. Saints always made more sense to me for the aforementioned reasons. Other Tony Pollard officially franchise tagged by the mm. Dallas Cowboys. $10.09 million tag. They're like, you are our best running back. You are not leaving. So, one, what does that mean for Tony Pollard? Two, what does that mean for Ezekiel Elliott? Well, Zeke still <laughs> is, a, is a cut candidate. I mean, he, he said he's willing to restructure. So, I am under the assumption he and Jerry, Jera works something out and he stays there because Jones likes him and Zeke wants to be there. There's no reason for him to play anywhere else at this point in his career. So I think he's going to be the the clear number two this year. I think it gets enough work to ding Pollard more than you and I would like. But, you know, Pollard was a RB1 if I'm running back six, wasn't he? <laughs> he was definitely an RB1. Yeah. And, and I think he's going to be – he should finish with more points next year because he should get a bigger workload right out of the gate. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm there. I mean, I'm assuming based upon that tag that they know that the, the you know surgery for his broken leg went well uh, and that there would be no setbacks there. It's ironic because Zeke's yearly cash for 2023 is 10.9 million. So if he's going to stay, he has to restructure. This is a point where Spotrac says that he's cuttable, but the debt is almost 12 million. I don't know how you just eat that. Um, next year it's six, and then under two. So I'm curious as to what that restructure looks like because they, he's still a, a decent liability uh, as far as, you know, the cap is concerned, but are you looking you know, at his contract right now? I am. What's his, what's his salary, his actual pay this year, his yearly cash is 10.9. And what's the next year? 10. I mean, they could take my understanding of it and I may be wrong. So Please let me know on Twitter if you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. But I, they could take the 20 mil he's owed over the next two years. They could pay him two million each year and turn 18 of that into a signing bonus, which gets spread out over the three years remaining. Yeah, I'm not going to act be- like I know that, but I do know. I mean, the dead cap is on, the only amount of money that's left owed. It's whatever's guaranteed, and then the proration of the signing bonus, I assume. So they only owe him 12 million. So they can, they can release him too, and uh, yield some savings as well, like a like a post six uh, one release. Then they would have five point eight against this cap, six against next year's cap, and they would save ten point nine million, which is his salary. So they can they could do that. 
as well. Um, but he's he's not going to see much more of that. I mean, he's scheduled to make fifteen point four million in twenty twenty five and sixteen point six in twenty six. But his dead money's down to one point seven in twenty twenty five. So he's, he was never getting there. But I think there's a world where they could, you know, post June one release him just to split that cap, maybe bring him back on a cheap deal. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to act like I know how restructures work to keep the contract and but you know, defer the hits and, and all that type of shit. But he sure as shit isn't worth 10.9 million. He's not worth more than Tony Pollard is to their <laughs> offense no. at this point in time. So um, it was time to get off Zeke a year ago. I was, I heard on other podcasts, it was strange to me. They said that, you know, that they wished that Zeke had lasted longer or something like that. I forget how it was structured. And it struck me as extremely odd because Zeke's 28 years old now. And he was uber productive through the beginning part of a second contract. I was like, I don't know what people expect to get from, running back, especially like a Zeke Elliott, who's a power back. But I, I think you got more than, you know, enough out of Zeke <laughs> during his time in Dallas as a running back, short of a couple suspensions and boneheadedness. But he was super productive, even through last year, you know, when it was largely on touchdown volume. But he returned value for you if you drafted Zeke Elliott. Oh, like originally? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they were saying like that it, they, it, he didn't last long enough. I'm like, Zeke, anyone thought Zeke was going to be productive into his 30s? Like an Emmett Smith just doesn't know football. I mean, yeah, there there are the outliers, the, the you know, Adrian but, Petersons of the world. But yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Adrian not, Peterson, you shouldn't like, expect it ever. No, he <laughs> like lives it, you know, like, and I don't feel like Zeke's like Zeke seemed like he started taking shit more seriously the last couple of years, but he was an all season guy, much like Leonard Fournette and the rest of them where it's, you know, they, football's not their life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was for Adrian Peterson through and through that dude came into camp, like rock solid, <laughs> like minimum body fat. Like, let's go. <laughs> we put the pads on today. Zeke's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do wind sprints. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is different. Different cats played the same position. Totally different cats, but Agreed. yeah. So that's that's good. I I wanted consistency for Pollard as much as I hate Dallas. I I, I think it's the best thing for him. Keep him in that offense. It's going to be you know what they do post uh, Kellen Moore, where McCarthy's taking an active role because you and I both know what that typically means, and it's even more of a split. Of the running backs, if he didn't have his thumb all over their splits before, he's fucking his dirty little fingers, you know, chocolate stains all over those two. You know, fat Mike McCarthy, French fry yeah. grease, yeah, French fry grease, like whatever junk food. Bad <laughs> Mike McCarthy looking at a play sheet, yeah, licking his fingers about how he can marginalize both of these backs, yeah, you know, as effectively as possible. It's just good for us. That means Zeke's done. Zeke's cooked. I mean, he just says. Racking up knee injuries now, lower body injuries. He has no explosion anymore. He does nothing with the ball after he catches it. You know, Pollard's like shot out of a fucking cannon every time he touches it. It's you can't keep that off the field, especially with the lack of kind of secondary weapons that they have in this offense. Sounds like they're going to lose Dalton Schultz. You know, so who's going to be their weapons next year? It's going to be Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. So the ghost, the ghost of Michael Gallup, hopefully. Yeah, oh, goodness gracious. I mean, he's got one more year for me. I mean, I, I'll give him the ACL year, but you better get your shit together, Michael. Like, so much time left on my dynasty rosters. Pick it up. All right, from that on to the combine. Combine, interesting. I think this was an interesting one. Um, some some decent storylines bubbled up. Um, some guys really 
hit the mark. Others decided <laughs> not to participate at all, and some fell really short. So, you know, we agreed we're going to just rock down quarterback, tight end, running back, wide receiver. There's, you know, there's not a ton to talk about on the top two, and there's more on the back end. So I think we can get through this. And the first thing I wanted to bring up was, was Bryce Young. Um, 5'10", officially, 204 pounds of primary water weight. Um, I heard reports this dude was playing in like the 170s, 180s during the year at Alabama. Yeah. So unsurprisingly, he didn't participate in any of the testing. And it's because he is carrying around upwards of 15 pounds of weight that he <laughs> will not, you know, by the time Alabama's pro day comes around. So did that do anything for you that he was able to pack on weight? Um, I, no, I, to me, he ends up just by default. The uh, uh, he he ended up a loser out of the 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 QB class because the other guys all came out and did well, and he didn't do anything. I mean, obviously, his pro day people see it and they get all excited, but to me, right now, you know, no one in the top group shit the bed. So just by default, I. I he moved down for me and you know, like you said, I, I get it. The guy was <laughs> probably heavily bloated out there. Yeah. He's that, not a good day to run the 40, but I, you know, he didn't throw, he didn't do nothing. So it, the five ten concerns me. Like you said, do I think he's a legit two Oh four? I do not. Um, I get, he's, probably the most pro ready and, and the smartest guy and coming from Alabama and blah, 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 blah. I'm just not there on him like everybody else. Yeah. I think you had the nail on the head. I mean, he, he, I think he did what he thought he needed to do to uh, be drafted at one Oh one. And it was be over 200 pounds. Cause he couldn't get any taller. So he's, you know, he knows what that number is going to be. Right. And he's already five ten officially, you know, and, you know, they start comparing him to like other quarterbacks. It's like the Kyler Murray's and the Russell Wilson's that type of quarterback. Um, he's mobile and he's elusive, but he's a pocket passer, um, finds ways, you know, to, to see over <laughs> offensive and defensive linemen, extremely impressive, but nonetheless, I mean, he's five ten and he's going to play football at like 190 pounds. Um, which l- lends itself to injury. And from a dynasty and a fantasy football perspective, I mean, I, these, these aren't the guys that are or are or should be appealing um, as kind of, you know, slate breakers for fantasy football purposes are concerned because he's going to need to compile. He's going to have to be in like the 300-yard, three-touchdown range passing every week to be relevant. So it's well, – the, the, the- the good news for me, like as a dynasty owner, is he's. I'm going to have him low enough ranked where it's a. It's. I'm not going to be in a spot where he's like, "Ooh, it's time for Young." If he's ever still on the clock, someone else is going to trade with me to come get him. <laughs> and it, yeah, or or people are selecting him instead of somebody else I want. So, it to me, it's a win for dynasty for for my selfish purposes, but. Yeah, I mean, he's still my quarterback three um, in the class. So I, I could end up with some Bryce Young, but it would have to be at an extreme value because he's in super flex. He's, he'll be a fine QB two, but that's not what I'm trying to draft. Correct. You know, in, in the first half of the first round of rookie drafts. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I want the upside. So from 
from that statement to the upside statement, I, I think the only other person to talk about here is Mr. Anthony Richardson, who eviscerated the combine. I'm pretty sure he threw a perfect RAS score out there because he is not actually a human being. He's made in a lab. I don't see how he weighs 244. Doesn't he look not skinny, but he looks not even slender, but he 244, even on a six, four frame. That's a lot of weight. He didn't look like he has that bulk to me. No, I mean, he's, he's well put together. I mean, I think he's proportioned. I mean, let's, let's John, we've been talking, we were talking about working out before we went live. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm over here sitting at six foot two fifteen to two twenty, depending on when you weigh me. And I don't think I'm fat by any means, you know, but three, four more inches on me. Yeah. I, I could, I could hold another 20 pounds. <laughs> and, you know, you know, this guy, you know, is just, you know, the guy's an athlete. Exactly. Like he doesn't even look that big, but he is. And not only is he that big, he's that fast. And not only is that fast, he's that freaking explosive. And not only is that explosive, that ball flew out of his hand during the passing drills. It looked effortless. I mean, as everyone talks about Will Levis, I mean, I, I saw, you know, mechanics in Richardson as well. I'm, I'm intrigued, John. Color me intrigued. Yeah, I mean, we assumed he was going to test well. I, I didn't, you know, I don't think anyone thought he was going to test as well as he did so he kind of went above and beyond even the the lofty expectations people had um i think i was texting you during it <laughs> qb1 and i you know talking about the upside and what you're getting out of bryce young for dynasty and when where you're going to draft them and what that looks like it, to me richardson is now for dynasty to me he's the qb1 because he does bring that <laughs> Cam Newton, Josh Allen kind of upside. Could could he suck? Could he be fucking, uh, you know, Jamarcus <laughs> Russell? My, you know, that's out there too. But if you're, if you're swinging for the fences, it's it's him and him only. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well put. I mean, he's still not my QB1. Um, spoiler, I already said it's not Bryce Young. So it is CJ Stroud um, who has the size. And I think he's he's far more developed as a passer. So, you know, he showed he could run around a little bit against Georgia, um, but that's not his calling card. I just think he's just a developed passer. So I'm going to, for now, I mean, and I don't know that Richardson's going to jump Stroud as far as draft capital. Could happen. I, I think Bryce Young goes as the top quarterback. Um, I don't know who's going to come up to get him. It's Houston is at Indy, but I, I do believe Bryce Young will be the first quarterback selected. Yeah. Um, but these two other guys are going to go in the top nine and probably potentially sooner if teams trade up. But I, I don't think the Panthers are going to let a quarterback get past them if one of these guys. I falls. think all but four go in the top 10. I could buy that uh, as well. Um, you know, obviously with the other one being Levis, you know, who does have an explosive arm. Um, it's just there's I, he's four for me in, in this class, but. You know, uh, I'm I'm tantalized, intrigued by Anthony Richardson, and a lot could happen between now and rookie drafts where I could change my tune. But for me, right now, it's Stroud, Richardson, Young, Levis, and then Hooker. Who, if he wasn't hurt, I think he would be in the mix with these guys as well. Yeah, and and he's on an island by himself. I mean, there's the clear four, then it's him, and then the the rest of the guys. You just kind of 
John, Ooh. I updated our our tracker and I I did do a tentative update post combine and I literally after Hendon Hooker wrote it doesn't matter you can go look whenever you want I didn't rank anyone <laughs> after Hooker because none of these guys will ever do anything ever I'm not, I I wouldn't even waste a super flex pick on any of them honestly like I mean we got to look at landing spots and who they end up behind you know if sure you can do that if, <laughs> if Mayfield if if, if, if Mayfield ain't going to Carolina, but you'll get my point here. Carolina signs Baker Mayfield, and they draft Stenson Bennett in the fourth round. Then, you know, he becomes a little more interesting because you can see a path for him to get some playing time and, and possibly get the job. But, no, yes, I, for the most listen, part, I'm not drafting Stenson Bennett. <laughs> I don't care. Correct. Who he goes behind. You could sell me a little bit on Dorian Thompson Robinson and Malik Cunningham sheer, on sheer athletic ability alone. That's you, you, <laughs> you might be able to you might be able to sell me on those two if they land somewhere um where they're they're gonna be the backup. But even that I think is short lived. So enough quarterback talk. Far too much quarterback talk. So let's get over onto the tight ends, which again was an impressive, and we knew this was a good tight end class coming in. Um, we're tight end aficionados, if nothing else, over at the Fancy 40. But <laughs> three, I think, top five all-time RAS scores came out of this tight end class. Oh, I didn't I didn't see. I didn't yes. see uh, Kent put those out. I, yeah. I, I didn't see the ones for all the tight ends. And number three is Darnell Washington. So let's just say that. He's three in, in the RAS score, if memory serves. Um, who is a gigantic human being and ran well and made a one-hand catch. And now everyone's like, holy shit. I'm still like, this dude is, he's too big. that <laughs> he's going to block a lot is my, still my thought. So I didn't, I didn't move Darnell Washington a lot. He's, I think he's five for me. I think he was six. I think I moved him to five. Um, I knew he was going to be athletic, but he was super athletic. Um, Anything to anything to say about Darnell Washington? No, I mean, Washington, I think, was already my number two, wasn't he? So I was already pretty high on him. Could he be? He could be the one potentially for me, but a lot of it was, you know, we're talking about the the Washington's good performance. Michael Meyer, did he have one of the worst combines? Like across? I mean, the whole I think thing? he. I think he. I, I mean, he looked exactly like I thought he was going to look personally. Um, and I don't know if that's a, an indictment or not, but I mean, if you watch him play just... in Notre Dame, I mean, to, he's just, you knew he wasn't going to be like hyper athletic, right? I mean, he's, he, he did well enough on stuff. I mean, his, his jump were, <laughs> were pretty, four, I mean, four, four seven, seven boarded. Yeah. But compared I mean, but, like I mean, you said, did, though. This he just happens to be in a class full of super athletic guys. I mean, just scrolling through a couple guys here. I mean, four six nine for for Tucker Craft isn't you know it's a point oh one <laughs> faster, but you get my point. Like he was the slowest of the the name guys in this group. So his vertical was only thirty two. Uh, Washington's was thirty one, but he's also you know fucking. Oh, he's only two and a half inches taller than Mayer. So, I mean, that's probably more Mm -hmm. of an indictment on Washington, but 15 pounds. Yeah. 
It's, it's harder to get that weight up than it is the height up. I mean, because it's all adjusted. But yeah, I mean, Mayer just he looked good in the in the gauntlet drills. I mean, he's he looks good catching the ball. I think he's pretty complete. Um, so he's still one for me. But I that's a that's a loose one, and it's not for Washington. Um, mine is is Luke Musgrave. Um, is who's creeping on that one overall spot for me. Um, I love the player, and then he just went. And tested extremely well. I mean, six foot five and change, 253 pounds, 36 inch vert, 10 5 broad, both are respectable, 4.6140 with good splits, didn't do the agility stuff. But he's a guy that he was, he was my two going in. And then the athletic measurables for his size are tantalizing. Um, his upside is far greater than Mayer's. I think Mayer has a good floor. I think Mayer gets in the first round. I don't know that Musgrave does. Um, but the upside, we were talking about upside, Anthony Richardson versus the other quarterbacks. The upside is Musgrave, um, in my opinion. I was, I, I knew he was going to test well, but then he did test well. You know, so it's not like this dude came out of nowhere for me. He, he's likely going from two to one in my tight end rankings. Musgrave is, uh, by a pretty good margin, Lance Zierlein's highest-graded tight end. Correct. And I've always said Lance Zierlein is a very intelligent man. Oh, yeah. That, that's when over he agrees time. When he agrees the, with the me. Zierlein grades, <laughs> the Zierlein grades are one of the more accurate predictors, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, NFL comparison. Dallas got it. Sold. There. Tight end premium. He's he, He's my tight end one. It just happened. Live, live update. I, I got myself there. Now, Michael Meyer does not have that level of upside. So Yeah. And you know who I really liked was uh, Sam Laporta. He ran a 4-5-9. Yeah, he, he at conducted himself well. All, yeah, he's a little shorter, right? He's only 6'3", 245. So he's not, he's not prototypical by any means. But you know he's he's complete. As a Iowa tight end, good pass catcher, ran well, jumped well. Yeah, yeah, showed well. I agree. No argument against Sam Laporta. He uh, he did what he needed to do. Um, the guy who I brought up, uh, I think, if not mistaken, because he was listed on our sheet, and I had a double star next to him, Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. That is the Raz breaker. He posted a perfect ten point oh oh. Oh, did he? Yes. Highest ever. The combine. So he was number one. Musgrave was two. Darnell Washington was three. Zach Coons came in at six foot seven, 255 pounds. Threw up 23 reps on the bench for a big long arm guy. That's super impressive. Six, 40, seven? Six, seven. I yeah. did not know that. 40 inch vert, 10.08 broad, 4.5540. Which included a 2.6620 split, 1.5710. And then here you come, John. Shuttle, 4.12, three cone, 6.87. And that, the three cone, if I recall correctly from years ago, that's historically been pretty important for tight ends. And, and anything under seven is considered super, you know. Elite Sam Laporta also got under seven six nine one, but yeah, the can't 
can't Mr. match Coots the results. 10.25-inch 10. hands, 34-inch arms. Massive human it's being. He was a Penn State transfer, so even yeah. had big school opportunity. He was just blocked behind Friarmouth, by and large. Ended up at Old Dominion and was – you know, fell off the fantasy and dynasty and probably the the Devi radar for most people, but has the has kind of like the 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 big college ties and unbelievable combine results dripping with upside. Yeah, I mean obviously there's a lot more that goes into tight ends. You know, we talk about this with Miami and the, the Niners and you know, what you're asked to do and how the team uses you. So landing spots going to be a lot more important. Excuse me. But yeah, seeing him, like him going to Miami kind of, you know, I don't know what his blocking is like, but you don't, you just don't want to Miami, dude. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You don't want to get stuck in that fucking (laughs) Mike Gusecki role. You're like, ah, you're not even using this guy. So that's the one unfortunate part of tight end is you could get, stuck somewhere where the the scheme doesn't necessarily match up with your skill set. Yeah. So there's someone got to go back and find your old Dominion Monarchs tape and uh, try and do some Zach Kuntz review. I mean, it'll be limited. He's only played 15 games <laughs> in college. So there's, there's issues throughout, but the testing after kind of that top end guys, I mean, he's, he's someone that is probably still a day three pick when it's all said and done. And you could end up getting relative value on in your tight end premium leagues. So keep an eye out for Mr. Kuntz. Like Will Mallory too ran a four five four, so he actually yeah. faster than. But he's undersized as well. I mean, so he's another one of these guys. Does that does that really end up playing um, tight end? Is he a move guy? That talk about situational. I mean, he's six four two thirty nine. He didn't even hit two forty, um, which kind of explains why he ran well. Um, but decent vert and broad, so he's fast, yeah. but he's undersized. <laughs> she shit Zerline grade though. Yep, Candidate there you for go. bottom of roster or practice squad. Yeah, listen, those those two things don't marry up. So yeah, no, he I'm was out. he was one you and I both talked about, Miami guy. There's you know some history there, but yeah, I had fade Mallory Mallory a little bit after all that. So boom, off of tight ends. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this oh, combine. And we're gonna start with the running backs. I'm gonna let you lead off here. Tell me something combine specific that that stuck out to you, you know, instant rights. Right. Well, I, I mean, a guy that I had ranked that you didn't have ranked, we'll start at the bottom and kind of work our way up. Evan Hall had a real good showing. Um, looking at his numbers, he did he did pretty good across the board in a lot of uh, his stuff. And a lot of the guys that I liked, you know, I've been doing the mock draft series uh, for DLF, and I have been finding that the guys in the fourth round, and obviously this – We'll start changing now that the combine's done and some of these guys kind of popped their names out there. But I liked a lot of the guys going in the fourth and fifth round more than bigger name guys in the third. I mean, Chase Brown, who I liked, had a good showing. Evan Hall had a good showing. Both ran in the four fours. They bookended uh, B. John Robinson in the 40. Looking at their verticals here, Chase Brown was 40 inches and uh, Evan Hall was 37. So you like to see guys get over that 36 mark. 
totally unrelated real quick. <laughs> there was some freak show at safety who jumped like 44 and you go, that's almost four feet in the air, <laughs> which is fucking yeah. ridiculous. Jumping over eighth graders. Thanks. Yes. But uh, yeah, Evan Hall, all, only two guys ran the three cone at running back Hall and uh, went under seven. He went 6.9. So tested, tested out of this world. I think he let him in. Broad jump was Chase Brown, but Evan Hull was sixth at the position, just a little bit behind Bijan Robinson. So some of these lower end guys, which, which always sucks. You know, we talk about this every year. It's like I want to draft early while I'm on these guys before everybody else. You know, so so unfortunately, with their testing, I think Chase Brown and Evan Hall are going to start trickling upwards in these drafts, which sucks because right now I was getting them in a ton of mocks. So. It, the, the ship is going to sail on me, but that's kind of where I'm, I'm starting backwards and working up. I, I, these guys that work. No, no, that's that's perfect. Cause yeah, four and five, as far as RAS scores were concerned, I mean, a lot of incompletes, a lot of guys didn't participate in a fair amount of shit, but Evan Hall was a notable omission of mine when we were talking, um, who I said was, you know, that was going to be corrected, you know, referencing your boy Lance line. He's a 5.69 bottom candidate for bottom of the roster or practice squad for Evan Hall still. After all that, um, I like Hall more than I like Chase Brown. I'm still not on Chase Brown, but Chase Brown had a, a tremendous combine from from a testing perspective. Other than you know, kind of his measurables, five point nine, you know, five foot nine, little undersized, and he did two hundred nine pounds. I mean, so he's thick for his size. And then you know, as far as the testing, but he didn't do the agility stuff. And whenever people do like the running and not the agility, it says to me, okay, they've trained enough to know their fast in a straight line but they also know that their agility scores aren't good that's you know it's kind of the anti you know uh you know spoiler alert jackson smith and jigba approach to things this year so i like change of direction as far as running back straight line speed neither here nor there for me how often are guys running in a straight line for 40 yards i mean it is a data point but I like to change the direction stuff and the explosive the explosion you know the the vert and the broad for my running backs so Still an incomplete as far as those guys are concerned. Chase Brown, I'm I'm paying attention again now, but still not that enamored. I just think he's a college compiler, so it's going to take some draft capital for me to to change on Brown. Um, you know, you, when you mentioned Hull, I mean, he did do the agility testing and he showed well um, uh, enough in it that you know he's. I think he's in the top fifteen for me now. When, like I said, you know, a glaring omission, I didn't rank him beforehand so my apologies mr hull but chase brown you still have to just there's still more you need to do <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> so I, and I think my list not even specific to running backs but i think overall this offensive group uh, very few guys really shit the bed very few guys blew it out of the water for the most part the guys we thought were fast were fast the guys you, you know what i mean like everybody kind of it, it was just to what degree, you know what I mean? The, the guys we thought were fast, yeah, they were they were fast, but they they may not have been as fast as we hope. But you know, A Chain had the fastest forty time, which you know we we knew that coming in. Did, did we think he was going to get below four three two? I doubt it, but you know, it wouldn't have been a shocker either. I think Gibbs, who was already locked in at the number two, if anything, just solidified it with his four three six. So nobody really. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one came in there and you were like, whoa, who's this guy? Or, oh, that guy stinks like we had with Kyron Williams a year ago. Kind of everybody 
for the most part, tested like we thought they'd test. So there weren't a lot of surprises, more just, you know, pre preconceived confirmation biases throughout everything at every position. Yeah, I think well said. I mean, also my boy uh, Spiller hit the bed in the combine last year. Um, so let's not forget about him when we're dunking on running backs that shouldn't even have participated. Should have taken a page out of some of these guys' books. But yeah, Jameer Gibbs, I didn't mention him. Five foot nine, 199 pounds. Twitter's already ablaze that no sub 200 pound back has ever produced like a running back one season or something like that or, or whatever. And like X amount of years, something like that. I'm like, he's 199 pounds. I mean, you know, if he weighed in earlier in the day, he would have been 200. Does that change your opinion of Jameer Gibbs? You know, like yeah. some of the most of guys are putting on the weight. Like maybe Jameer Gibbs just didn't, just didn't do what some of these other guys did, you know, in, in the way, but is, is a pound really that much of a difference? I'm still on the player. He's still running back two for me. I'm hoping that, that narrative gets out enough that he drops a little bit that I can get him more in the back end of the first round of rookie drafts. And, you know, maybe some of these other guys jump them. You know, that ain't happening. No yeah, well, there's no other running back to jump them really. I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, Zach Charbonnet did what he needed to do as well. I think he's, he's still a consensus kind of top three running back. He at least is for me. Um, but no one else really exploded. Tank Bigsby kind of disappointed a little bit. You're talking about no yeah. one really disappointed. Bigsby did. Um, but watching him, I it's not I did not see it, right? Like, I didn't think he was gonna be an explosive athlete, but you know, I think unfortunately, um he he left a little bit to be <laughs> to be desired. Um if you're gonna jump thirty two and a half inches and broad jump sub ten foot, you don't do it. Okay, you do you do that at your pro day. I mean where are the people getting in his ear, you know, telling him I can live with a four, yeah. five, six, 40. Um, he at least didn't do the agility testing smart enough. So he should have just, he should have skipped the vertical and broad stuff because that's just leaving a little bit of a sour taste for me. Because like I said before, that's the, the those are the, the metrics that I value higher in running backs. Um, but I didn't think he was going to test explosively. I just didn't think we were going to get an okay grade <laughs> out of him. You know, with, you know, you don't want to see any red in a running back profile that you like. So Big V, Big v fell for me a little bit. A guy that I, I don't think he, his combine wasn't probably that notable as Rascore isn't even that high, but I think someone that I'm growing more and more fond of is Roshan Johnson, the other running back for the University of Texas. Oh, yeah. He's in my top five, John. Um, I don't know where he was for me before. I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I mean, like you said – uh, who did you just were talking about? Didn't do oh Bigsby, you know yeah. Bigsby kind of fell. The rest of the guys kind of probably stay where they were. Um, I, I liked him coming in. A lot of it's going to be draft capital and, and what kind of system they land in. But like Eric Gray to me looked good doing the drills. Tajay Spears just got so much hype. He's going to be unfortunately probably too expensive for me to even get. So it, it, it's it's a weird running back group and I think a lot of it is really going to change in the draft you know what I mean if Buffalo doesn't take someone in the first and then Buffalo trades up to the mid second and grabs Tajay Spears or Chase Brown those guys are going to fucking skyrocket ADP so it's it's hard to put your finger on it right now because everybody for the most part is probably right around where you had them going into the combine yeah, I mean, uh, there's never been any huge falls. Like, you know, some didn't 
totally fall on their face. Uh, I mean, like, William, Kyron Williams that, was so. <laughs> you know, horrific no. last year. And that was somebody people had as a top five guy going in. And he ended up, you know, outside yeah. of people's 20. Rightfully so. I traded Kyron right. Williams for a second round pick um, when he got that, like, little glimmer of hope for the LA Rams. And it was, like, one of the shining moments of my dynasty career. I took him, like, <laughs> late. And I was, like, the first chance I got, I was, like, I got to get off this guy. I got a second round pick for him. Um, you mentioned Tajay Spears. He did it right, right? Tajay Spears, five foot nine and a half, 201 pounds. Did it. Got over 200 pounds. Didn't run because he fucking put on weight <laughs> to get to over 200 pounds. So he's going to not run, but he still did the vertical and broad, 39 inch vertical and a 10 five broad. So kudos to him. The shit he did, he did well and he came in over 200 pounds. Checked boxes again. Yeah. Tajay Spears is just continues to climb. We're both big fans. Of his, but you're right. Not not a not all not a ton to talk about at the running back position. I don't think anyone really, you know, en- ended or really diminished their stock there. I mean, I wasn't too keen on Kenny McIntosh um, in, in what he put out. Um, I I don't like McIntosh the player, but for as big as he is, I mean, to only be 204 pounds seems a little bit lean to me. Like he's cutting weight because he wanted to run fast, and then he didn't at 4.62. So strange because. Saw a picture of him and Jameer Gibbs next to each other, and Kenny McIntosh is a lot larger <laughs> than Jameer Gibbs is. Um, so if he cut weight to run and then still just posted in the four sixes, a uh, little little concerning for me. <laughs> but that's there's my last soapbox because I am a Kenny McIntosh guy. Yeah, I, like I said, I just reiterated again. I mean, if if you get everyone, pretty much everyone has Robinson and Gibbs one two, and then like if your group after that in whatever order is like. Zach Evans, Charbonnet, and Kendra Miller, they're probably still your next three. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I if Tank's big if Tank Bigsby was up there for you, he he might be down and closer to maybe, you know, eight or nine now, but I I don't not, nothing happened here. Like <laughs> it was good to see him run the drills and go, okay, this guy looks good, he looks fluid. You could make some arguments, you know, who looked better catching a ball than others guys and running routes and all that shit, but there there's no nobody moved the needle. I I mean, maybe at the bottom where where like you you know, we'd mentioned this before, you didn't have Hall ranked. I think I had him at like running back eighteen or something. Yeah, he's probably up, you know, in, in the thirteen range now, just off the top of my head without looking at it, but that happens every year with kind of these lesser knowns that, that put on good performances and, and get bumped up, especially if they end up getting draft capital because of their combine showing. Well said, Johnny. Well, let's finish on a controversial position this year. Wide receiver where it's been stated countless times. There's no real alpha in this draft class. And I agree. Um, I'm not crazy about this draft. I, well, I haven't been crazy about this draft class. Um, but tell me everything you know about an individual by the name of Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yeah, I got nothing. Tell me everything. He and broke the go. combine, John. 9.96 RAS score. Closest comparables, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, Chase Claypool are the closest comparables for this huge gentleman where I'm going to go watch some West Virginia tape. Six foot four. 221 pounds, ran a 4.3840, jumped 41 inches, broad 10.9, 4.15 shuttle, sub 7 second 3 cone at 6.97. I mean, just out of nowhere. 
I, I have to go check the tape on Bryce Ford Wheaton because I'm even hearing like, like kind of this was a DK Metcalf X combine, but he ran a good three cone. So it's not even fair for, for this young man here who's Lance Airline still has as an end of the roster type guy, but at least it's going to make me go and look at Mr. Ford Wheaton. Yeah. I, you know, the, the one red flag with the guys that test out of the gym that are more or less unknown or don't have a track record of, you know, more than one season of performing is if, if you're that good at the underwear Olympics, why, why couldn't you put that together on the field? Now, some teams, there's you know, especially at wide receiver, if you've been playing with trash at quarterback, a shitty system, if you're the only weapon and opposing defenses only try to shut you down, there's a lot of excuses for that. But that's kind of where the film part comes into it. You got to start looking into these guys a little more. But you know, the jury's out. His name is out there now, so people will start doing some more digging, and hopefully, we'll get some answers uh, <laughs> why why he was unknown until today. Yeah, John, I, 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 I envision that this will be the last we talk about Bryce Ford Wheaton, unfortunately. But neither here nor there. We skip oh, past no, one. He, no, he's he's gonna get drafted because teams. Oh, hey, listen, I, I, I don't know by me. That's what I'm saying. I mean, will he ever be a dynasty asset? He's, I'm, he'll I'm he'll get say. overdrafted. That I mean, four three eight at his size, people are fucking. People oh yeah, listen, NFL I mean, teams. There's st- super I mean, athletic guy that, that he's doesn't got, necessarily he's got Raiders second round pick written all over him. Yeah. There you go, Johnny. Right, so <laughs> multiple chances. Then what I want to do is move past him onto the number two Raz score of the class so far. And that was our guy who I think we're both reasonably high on. Cause he's not getting a ton of pub. Jonathan Mingo of Ole Miss. Did you see this, John? I, I didn't see his Raz score. I saw, um, I saw him run a couple of the drills and he looked good. And I, 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 like I said, we were both kind of higher on him than most coming into it. So I, I'm not shocked, uh, but it, in, in this class, there's so many undersized guys. And I, I think I said it when we were previewing them before. I, I like the bigger guys in this class. I don't know if it's just because of all the little guys. So they kind of, for lack of a better term, stand out, but I, I, I liked him. I'm he tested. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a thing for old Miss wide receivers. And this guy's just next line. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, it's 6'2", 220. Um, Lance Airline throws the NFL comp of Anquan Bolden out there, and you have my attention, sir. I mean, that's yeah. he's a big slot guy who tested well. Um, you know, ran a 4.46. You know, 40 for his size, jumped well. Just – a, a guy that I think I will be drafting my fair share of probably in like the mid to late second round. So I'm assuming I'm going to have a fair share of Jonathan Mingo on my, on my dynasty teams, but they were one and two. And then there's like a whole bunch of guys that don't matter, but who else did you want to talk about from the combine Raz aside, you know, testing on field stuff, anyone. Uh, Zay flowers who, who I was not big on. And I, you know, I just, I'm going to just contradict myself here, but I was just talking about how I, <laughs> was trying to stay away from these little guys, but watching Zay Flowers actually get out there and watching him do some of the stuff on the field, I, I, I have he's going to be one of my big post combine movers. And not that he blew it out of the, I mean he he had a good showing, but a lot, a lot of that is largely based on me being significantly lower than I probably should have been to start. But 
Looked good, passed the eyeball test, put on some weight. Where was he? Uh, I got his weight somewhere, but I don't see it. But yeah, nine one eighty looked okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't like. I still would like to see him. And, and you know, you get in the NFL, you get with their training program, and you know they work on bulking you up and all that stuff. So th- there's a world he could get up around that two hundred, and as long as he's still explosive. I mean, we've seen. You know, Antonio Brown isn't a giant man. What's he, six foot, five eleven? So we've seen some of these smaller guys that are super athletic. Do do I think that's where, you know, Zay Flowers comes in? No, but he could be, you know, Tyler Lockett light, and that's perfectly fine for fantasy. Yeah, listen, you know I love Zay Flowers, and honestly, I, I don't know that he can get any bigger if after what we saw. Um in those pictures, he's I think he's maxing out. Antonio Brown listed at 5'10", 185. So literally an yeah. inch taller and three pounds heavier than Zay Flowers. So it can play in the NFL. I mean, Antonio Brown is an outlier of all outliers. But, um, yeah, loved the player. I uh, was pleased with his performance. You know, like that he came in with the weight. He's a he's a, It's hard for him to rise for me because he was already up there. I'm a big Zay Flowers guy. But, yeah, I'm glad to see that you're getting with the, with the 40 program here rising the good guys <laughs> dropping the bad guys but um another one i think we need to speak about is jackson smith and jigba who looked the part and um, he's another one that i think tra- treated the combine as the business opportunity that it is and he participated in things that he would look good in and didn't participate in things he wouldn't look good in um Tremendous three cone at 6.57 seconds, which is how he just eats up people in the slot. Men's change of directions with a decent vert and broad. You know, his 20 second shuttle was good. Did not run the 40 because I think he's going to be a four, six guy um, and didn't need that there. I mean, maybe you get fast turf downhill, whatever the shit they do at all these pro days that helps these guys along and we adjust them up five seconds and do whatever. But, you know, he puts anything in the four fives, John Smith and Jigba is going to be jumping uh, Quentin Johnson for my wide receiver one. Yeah, I can't uh, disagree. Vertical was good. Broad was good. Got that sub-7-3 cone. Looked really good catching the ball. I have have nothing to add. Yeah, he's uh, probably my number one. And, and well, speaking of guys who shit the bed, Addison was my one. He didn't have a very good showing. For, for an undersized guy, you know, you usually need to have some special talents out there and he did not really. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't yeah, I mean, I'm already. Well. Yeah, I'm already. Yeah, I'm already here in the Amon Ross St. Brown uh, type comparisons for Mr. Addison as the guy that just doesn't test well, but just plays the game well. Um, you know, technician because he is a advanced route runner, and you know, even I think they're similarly sized the the two of them. But yeah, I mean, Addison didn't do anything well as far as the testing is concerned. I didn't think he was going to be like uber athletic, but I do think it, you know, 5'11", 173. He's weighs less than Zay Flowers. You know, mm-hmm. that, I mean, he did, he did crack the 4'5 mark in the 40, which was, it's good. It's good enough. But I mean, yeah, the, the, the vert was a little suspect. I mean, anything north of a 10 foot broad, I'm okay with for these guys, but yeah, I wasn't, yeah. he, he didn't, he didn't pop. No one's talking about Jordan Addison's combine. No, what it, not what at it all. Comes down. You know, so, that's probably good. I mean, he's gonna he's, he's still gonna be a top three, top four wide receiver in this class for everybody. Because again, it just speaks to the class. Quentin Johnson only did the jumps, which makes sense because he jumped out of the gym uh, as a big guy. Um, 
not dinging him. I just, I saw, I, I, I kind of got a reminder of JSN and what he did two years ago, right? right in, in those on-field drills and tests, because we just didn't see it for a year. I still like Johnson. Johnson is my two in, in this class. 40 and a half inch vert, 11.2 broad. This dude, for as big as he is, has some supreme agility. If he can learn how to not body catch, he could be a weapon, in yeah. the NFL. So I'm still on Quentin Johnson. I just think JSN is JSN is just going to be a, a hundred catch guy. And, and look, and you can let's let's just even take the names off the back of the jerseys, I- ignoring what the Ohio State program has been able to pump into the NFL at this position uh, gives anyone a bump up. I mean, all things being equal, you go, well. Look what they've done at Ohio State at wide receiver. I will take the Ohio State wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, there's they're not missing a lot there these days. So, I'm um, I'm with you. You know, and then you you get the narrative that's been barked a million times now. Alave and Wilson both said that JSM was the best receiver on the on that 2020 team um, or whatever 2021 team. My apologies. Um, that does carry some weight. I mean, they might just be helping their guy out, but. Nonetheless, it's uh, it is a there's bloodlines associated with Ohio State. So Brian Hartline should be an offensive coordinator somewhere, in my opinion, or unless he's literally just good with wide receivers because that dude is just churning them out like butter at this point in time. And we're getting yeah. Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka coming next, so it's fucking crazy. Another guy that I uh. You know, it was a name for a while, kind of dropped off a little bit, but kind of has emerged again. But Marvin Mims had a pretty good yeah. showing. 438, 39-inch vertical, 10-9 in the broad, sub-7-3 cone. I mean, t- testing, it checked every single box, so can't beat that. I, I, I'm He's growing on me. I, I don't know. What do they have here? Is his comp? Oh, he doesn't have one. Lance Zerline doesn't have one. But he's... Uh, There's a lot where he hasn't comped yet, so it's probably six point two three. Eventually, will be a starter. I I was happy with his showing. Looks pretty fluid running some of the drills, so he's probably going to be moving up for me. And there's other guys who I, you know, like I said, it was a lot of this was a confirmation bias combine for most people, but especially for me. So like, even a guy like Rashi Rice, who I was not a big fan of coming in, didn't do anything to make me go. I changed my mind. Like, you know, he, he was what he was. Guys that I kind of liked, you know, that make one good catch. And I'm like, oh, I'm right about that guy. So Mims is somebody mm-hmm. I like. I'll probably bump him up a little bit, but he had, a, he had a good showing. There's plenty of reason to bump him up. Yeah, I like Marvin Mims. I'm kind of hoping day two to my Eagles. I think he'd be a, a good dynamic to add, especially as that field stretching weapon. You can even run him out of slot a little bit, replace Quez Watkins with a more refined technician in Marvin Mims. That's my my dynasty and real life desires meeting it ahead with Marvin Mims. I'm there with you. And then, you know, you were talking about Zierlein, so we might as well end on Zierlein's number one receiver in this class, and it's Jalen Hyatt, um, who ran well for his size. I mean, he's he's skinny. Um, he's, he's really skinny. Jalen Hyatt is six foot tall and only weighs, as I'm getting a delay here, I know it's in the 170s, 176 pounds. So like the new NFL, I mean, the weight doesn't matter until it matters. 
Um, you know, you have to be above 200 pounds as a wide receiver, but you can be like 150 pounds, or sorry, as a running back, but you can be 150 pounds as a wide receiver these days. But ran a 4-4 flat, jumped 40 inches, broad 11-3. Dude's explosive as shit. Um, it was supposed to be Cedric Tillman we were talking about in Tennessee, but Jalen Hyatt was the one that connected with Hendon Hooker. Um, and just looks like a Will Fuller type uh, for, <laughs> for the NFL. Which, listen... I know it was steroids, no. but Will Ford gave us a couple years, dude. I mean, sure. You want to, you want to, you, <laughs> you know, kind of ding it because the way it ended. But um, he's I, kind he, of a victim of of the hype going into it, right? Like Hyatt was supposed to be blazing fast, and he ends up four four, which flat, which is good, obviously. But uh, five guys ran faster than him, so you mm-hmm. go, ah, shit. But it really, you know, it's not a bad score, but you expected him to kind of be in that top two, top three, I think a lot of people did. So eh, un, un, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not unofficially. But yeah, it, 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 uh, the most impressive, unimpressive 4-4 flat ever, just because the, the hype train had kind of be get, been getting out of control. I mean, you had mentioned Zerline having him his top guy. Some people had him going 11th overall in the draft, first wide receiver taken. So the hype train kind of took off heading into the combine, and I think not blowing it out of the water, people are going to come down on him a little bit because it was, you know, flew flew a little too close to the sun, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say Will Fuller, Lance Airline went with Deshaun Jackson, which I can see. But Deshaun Jackson was maddening from a dynasty perspective. Oh, Uh, if he didn't hit yes. you on that fifty-yard touchdown, I mean, you you were you were losing you were losing ground that week because he's never going to pile up receptions. But when he hits on that fifty-yard touchdown and that's your baseline for the week, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. So I don't want to say better in best ball, but I just did. So there we are. Um, oh, I don't. Oh, I got an, another name. Uh, Tank Dell, who okay. I got it more yep. excited about during the combo during uh, Senior Bowl. Came out here four four nine, which is fine. You know, one sixty five smaller guy brought over ten. So like, okay, and he's got the explosiveness, but I didn't think he looked good catching the ball. Like he looks, he looked so much better in practice at the Senior Bowl with actual competition. Like he seemed like once he just had a <laughs> clear path at the ball, like that was a problem. But then you know you could kind of make the narrative up in your head, which is. He's five eight. He's probably very rarely caught non contested balls. I mean, he's got a pretty good ability to uh, create some separation and get open. So, yeah, he he just didn't look good catching the ball, which is weird because I thought he looked really good catching the ball with competition draped on him. Yeah, I'm there with you. Yeah, and I, I'm a fan of Tank Dell as well. Who who just got thrown the Darnell Mooney comparison, which I saw about Darnell Mooney. Um, but yeah, I mean, this kid's going to live uh, as a slot guy uh, almost exclusively. And yeah, so he's probably used to traffic, you know, where, you know, he, he's not running open too often uh, at, at his size. But yeah, he was, he was, he was another one where the, the, the actual uh, gauntlet portion and the like, you know, the, the live drills were, weren't as kind to Mr. Dell. But I mean, tested well enough, you know, came in at a four, sub four five, like you said, jumped over 10 foot in the broad. Um, you know, so checking, checking enough boxes there. And again, I'm, I'm going to rely more on what he did at that senior bowl than what he did in a limited showing at the combine. 
Yeah. The, the only that's other name what we got, John. All right. Hit me with one more. Go. Yeah, one more. Another senior bowl guy. Hit, I don't know what his uh, rest was, but uh, Andre Iasovius. He, you know, 6'3", 205, runs a 4'4", 40, 39 vertical, 10'8", in the broad, runs a sub-7'3", cone. He, and he did everything. He did the shut, did the 20-yard shuttle, did bench press, 90 reps, but it's a wide receiver. Who gives a shit? But blew the combine out of the water, impressed people at the Senior Bowl. I, I, eh, I color me intrigued. I'd like to see him get with it. You know, the, 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 we've said this before with other guys, but like, I could see him thriving with a Drew Breesy type of quarterback. You know what I mean? But same thing. It's going to depend where he lands. If he lands up with Baker Mayfield somewhere, I'm going to be pretty (laughs) bummed out. But yeah, if he gets with a real kind of, you know, quarterback that's accurate and like strong route runners and stuff and, and, I, I like the upside for this kind of unheralded guy. Okay. One, you mentioned Baker Mayfield twice on this podcast. Uh, and that's two times. Well, no, he's a good measuring stick. The he's name that comes to mind. I mean, he's the new Andy Dalton scale, obviously. And yeah, Andre Iasivas. Uh, he's Andy no, Dalton. Uh, Perfect. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, he was getting a lot of pub. There's a lot of people that obviously pay attention to the college that were saying this dude was going to test extremely well, but I mean, he went above and beyond a 9.92 RAS score. His closest comps are Brian Edwards, Javon Walker, Tyrell Williams, DJ Chark. Like some hits, some misses in there, but super athletic guys that we were all high on at certain points. This kid came prepared. Like you said, he did everything <laughs> Yeah, but he's a Princeton kid. Of course he's prepared. So I'm still lowering my expectations because of competition. I still have Justin Watson, um, you know, I'm never going to be able to get him out of my head as <laughs> I drafted him in far too many places for the exact same reasons that we're talking about this guy. Cause he tested well. Um, and Watson is just a situational field stretcher for the chiefs for a year and he'll continue to be so for the rest of his career. So be interested to see what the NFL thinks of this, uh, this gentleman. Iasivas. would be what he could, you know, it's fucking crazy. He ends up in one of these spots kind of like, um, what was the kid from Cincinnati last year? Oh, forget his name. Oh, uh, Trent Irwin. No, Pierce, the Cincinnati College. Oh, Alec, okay, Alec yeah, Pierce. Alec Pierce. Gotcha. There's a world like, can't you see this guy going to like Tennessee and ending up after camp being their number two out of, outside of Traylon Burks? Like nobody else is there, and he's athletic enough to you could see where he would pop in practice, and they're like. You're going to be your, you're going to be opposite Berg's game one. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, anyone that gets drafted to is going to be opposite Berg's day one. No. <laughs> they don't have anything but, else but you there. know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a path to, to where like Pierce was starting for the Colts early in the year, be, just because he's got a you know particular skill set on a team that has needs, and I, I get that vibe from him. Like, he could be a guy who really blows a team out of the water in practice and ends up really getting more of a role than he might deserve right out of the gate. So if you could get him late in a draft, kind of like you did, you're talking with Kyron Williams, you could flip him. He has a, you know, three catch, one touchdown game in week two. And you're like, anybody interested? I'll give you yeah, two yeah. next year. You're like, Jack, smell, that, smell that blood in the water. <laughs> yeah. You ever draft a guy in the fourth and you can get a second round pick for him, trade him. Just word to the wise. I don't care what the guy's name is. If you draft him in the fourth, someone's offering a second, trade him. 
But yeah, that was that was my last guy of note. But I, I like these bottom guys that have the upside because that's where you can win a lot of leagues. I don't disagree. And you know, peek behind the curtain. We John and I said, let's try and do this in forty minutes. All right, uh, we're over an hour again. So this so is this is what happens when we don't have show sheets apparently, as John indicated. Um, but <laughs> we will we'll continue to work to get better at trying to, you know make these a little more hard hitting, but there's so much to talk about. You know, this is a good primer for the combine. We ran through four positions in, in an hour. I mean, so we're talking 15 minute blocks for these positions. Most, most people are breaking them down into talking one or two people. You know, we just talked about this entire combine, everything relevant that happened in an hour. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So that will do it for us. Yeah, next week we're going to come back. If you did not already listen to it, please go back, listen to our pre-combine ranking show. Now that we got some numbers here and data to compare and contrast, we're going to adjust those rankings and discuss where everybody is and our big movers up and down. So be sure to come back next week to check that out. But that should do it for us. For myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. like a bunch of liquid from Bryce Young. (laughs) Yeah, we need something for the outtakes. Yeah, there's there's no saving me at this point. I just went and bought like power beats. That's my new thing. I don't want to because I'm trying to be really good for you. That's what I, that's what everything I've read. I'm, I'm like an over researcher. Like it takes me so long to research stuff. I never end up actually doing anything. My research is so thorough, but the intent is because I want to stop drinking coffee, which is going to be like harder than giving up crack in Kensington. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, fuck that. We're going to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Testosterone. Here I come. That's uh, bullshit. If you're all digging around the dark corners of the web, that's many of the things. Because, you know, like overall, testosterone's lower. Like 30 or 20 year old men have testosterone lower than like 70 year old guys from the 40s. Ah, because they were real men. In, indeed. But they think yeah. it, you know, a lot of uh, all, anything you drink out of plastic is, is fucking crushing your test. Awesome. Ageless men's health. Awesome. All right. Here I come, King of Russia. <laughs> yeah, uh... I'll show this. I'll show this government. <laughs> Control me with my testosterone levels. I'm a man. I'm 40. Oh, God, is that? I loved it when I was like 20 years old now, right? It's It's pretty damn old. I, I love that clip in my 20s, and now that I'm in my 40s, I think I like it even more. It's fantastic. It's made its way onto the show a few times. That was the intro. Oh, it's the best. Is that yeah. is that better than is that better than Jim Mora's fucking playoff rant? It is for us. I mean, it, for it, me it, personally, I think it's funnier. Yeah. 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 And, and it just hits home with the podcast. But yeah, the playoffs. I actually, <laughs> I like, uh, I like Denny Green's rant more than I like Jim Mora's. Oh, we, we, they were who we thought they were? Yeah. 
crown their ass and he bangs on the thing like I, like playoffs yeah, yeah. like I'll try to do like a 40 minute show let's try that I think about it every week I see the 40 minute mark I'm like fuck <laughs> we're either gonna have to find a way where we can like cut a recording into two episodes that I can do like a Thursday Friday race. I think we need to get the time down our shows are long as shit which I like talking, but I do think people see like an hour and 20 minutes. They're like, I ain't listening to that. I agree. So let's, uh, even if like we run an hour and 10, then we're like two thirty-five minutes. And we actually get back to this, you know, under 40 minutes. And then we just do like a Thursday and a Friday release rather than just I mean, Thursday. I think the, the real way to do it would be to have an actual show sheet oh. to keep us on task. You so like if bridge too far, John. Bridge too far. <laughs> but I'm just like, like for today, right? Like it would say. Sip a coffee here. <clears throat> I hate miserably sipping. <laughs> I hate coffee. I'm drinking smart water. So you're going to be blown away. <laughs> it's ready to go. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, all right. <clears throat> go 13. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why this is fucking so funny to me. <sighs> I thought it might have been. <sighs> I'm going to go 1330. <sighs> Maybe. 